you know, security doesn't get a lot of respect in some organizations. I've seen it. There's nothing like a good old puzzle, especially in threat intelligence. I also just think having a natural curiosity is good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line between curiosity and like social engineering. <laughs> you know, just be be civil and try to give these users some dignity when they're using security and not make them feel bad about it. Who says tech can't be human? What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. And I'm excited to for this episode because it's not every day where we get to have a repeat guest. And not only yeah. a repeat guest, but someone that has seen us from the very start. Our guest this episode was on episode 52. Go back and listen to it just in case you missed it. But our guest is Tracy Mayleaf. She is the founder and principal at Sherpa Intelligence, LLC, and also uh, a friend of the Hacker Valley studio. Tracy, welcome back to the show. Reunited and it feels so good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, gentlemen, for having me back. This is great. Absolutely. It's been way too long. And you have been busy. You are on the boards of yes. so many community <laughs> organizations. Tell us how, how that came about. Like, did you see up? Oh, I see a cause up. Oh, I got to I got to contribute. I see another cause. How, how did all that unfold? And which uh, organizations are you a part of? I'm sticking my nose into places that I think I can be helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I've been involved with the Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu for a couple of years now. I mean, they're literally the reason why I'm in the industry today because of their their low cost classes and just their excellent teaching. Uh, so I've always been involved with that. And Mary Galloway is I think she's been on mm-hmm. your show, right? Yeah, yeah she is. She's my girl. So she's phenomenal. But more recently, I joined the board of Black Girls Hack because uh, just Tanisha Martin is a superstar mm-hmm. and I just want to be Absolutely. anywhere she is. <laughs> and uh, they graciously invited me to speak at their event. So back uh, back in was it August in Las Vegas, I spoke in their village. And yeah, I just wanted to get more involved, I believe, in in their mission and wanted to get more involved. I also got involved with Raices Cyber, which is geared for uh, Spanish-speaking individuals. And I'm again, all these groups are open to anyone. I myself do not speak Spanish, nor do I have any Hispanic <laughs> heritage, um, nor am I black, but I have been invited to cookouts. So it doesn't matter. You can be involved. <laughs> you can be yeah. involved in these. And, um, you know, yeah, and just to lend my voice, and the ones I'm really proud of uh, are the groups in Africa that I'm involved with, specifically Cyber Safe Foundation. I'm a board member and was also one of their first mentors, and I still keep in touch with my my mentees. It's been, I think, two years now. You know, for me, cybersecurity was my my bliss. You know, when I was when I realized I was done with library science, and the, and that's another one. I had I truly to this day I have people who don't talk to me anymore because I stopped being a librarian because being a librarian is so part of their personality. And when I left it, it was, 
it's more than just like when you change jobs and you kind of like, oh, I lost touch with my own coworkers. This is just like, you're not a librarian anymore. You're not one of us. Um, yep. Which is funny because everybody in cybersecurity calls me a librarian all the time. So. <laughs> that is funny. And I, I have to comment on what you just said because I felt that many times. I've done, I've gone into different groups. I've done martial arts. I've been a lock picker, cybersecurity practitioner, all these different things. And people wrap their entire being and their personality around a singular thing. And you, you enter into this world, you love it, you have, you enjoy it, but I never tie my identity to, to anything that I'm doing. Sure, I do podcasting, but podcasting isn't everything that is me, that is Chris. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a citizen, I'm a friend, I'm all these different things. And people get legitimately hurt when you leave a community. And I mean, mm -hmm. I, I understand it to some extent, but also I think there has to be a little bit of grace to, to keep that that line of communication open. Exactly. And and think of it as even strategic if you want to, even if you don't like that person. <laughs> and yeah. but strategic of so what are your observations from the outside? You know, how does how do these security measures, you know, are they being uh received, you know, from from you know with your knowledge, how can you tell that these are being received? And I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek, you know, if you don't like the person, but I'm just saying, but seriously though, like, you know, people who were once in something who are now out of it can also provide some good uh, you know, good perspective on right. it. Uh so it we should be tapping them for advice of, hey, now that you're, you know, you know, you've had some, some, some distance, you know, what, what does it look like <laughs> from over there? Mm -hmm. And that could be the community or the industry. And that insight can be helpful too. So yeah, we need to have, you know, a cybersecurity alumni <laughs> group. Yeah. There's <laughs> and, a lot of people coming to you for advice, right? You have two mm -hmm. talks coming up at RSA and yeah. I love the title of, of both of them, but especially one called Empathy as a Service to Create a Culture of Security. That is powerful because, I mean, it goes <laughs> to what we were just talking about, having that patience to sit and listen with someone and understand them a bit more. Why did what was the origin behind that talk? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, actually. Uh, so first of all, how crazy is it that I'm speaking twice at RSA. Awesome. <laughs> Everybody yeah, wants some Tracy. <laughs> that's something I came up with, that that phrase, uh, actually right after I entered the industry in 2017, because I saw uh, how different <laughs> information security was from being in a library where a library, the, the patron, the user, is the focal point, you know, mm -hmm. to coming into InfoSec and, you know, hearing people say not only disparaging things about the end users, um, mm -hmm. but just not even reaching out to them. So what I based it on is there's a lot of, uh, there's the five laws of library science, there's the seven steps of the, the reference interview, and empathy as a service is based upon the seven steps of the library science reference interview, uh, which includes steps like approachability. So I'll always mm -hmm. ask people when I give variations of this talk, you know, how approachable is your security team? Are people scared to contact security? Because that's a problem. Yeah, and I also give examples of me being the approachable one on the whole security team 
and me getting in trouble for people, for users coming to me directly all the time. When I try to explain, they're too hesitant to come to the team because they're scared of everyone, but I'm approachable. So that was always interesting to navigate of, you can't have people coming to you directly. Uh, well, I'm and I'm still going to help them because I'm, what am I supposed to do? Turn them away? Like, yes, you're supposed to redirect them to the No, no. They came to me. <laughs> I'm going to help them. You know, things like that. So I, I want to share more stories like that of how we can really, you know, we need to create allies with the end users. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're the first ones to see these things in the wild. And it just really hurts my heart and my soul, really. Uh of just having people speak so and think so derogatory, uh, yeah, in a derogatory manner about Mm -hmm. end users, uh, specifically when, you know, when things really aren't, aren't their fault. I have my theories why that is. I I think for the longest time, uh, you know, IT was always in an adversarial position with end users um, to the point kind of raised to the comedic level, like Saturday Night Live had sketches. Yeah. About yeah, that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon was Nick, yeah, the, your company's Fallon. IT computer guy. Exactly. And he would just yell at everyone all the time. And I think that's kind of, you know, my, just my observations. Again, not having been in this industry a very long time, those are my outsider observations of, I think you just have a group of people who've been pushed off to the side for a long time and, you know, security, you know, doesn't get a lot of respect in some organizations. I've seen it. And so in turn, we kind of act out on the users, then we perpetuate this cycle. Uh, So it's just, you know, it's just something that I want to kind of, I want to be a disruptor in that sense of, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking about everybody hugging each other. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just be, be civil and, and, you know, try to give these users some dignity when they're using security and not make them feel bad about it. A hundred percent. And I agree with you completely. And it's not going to win us any likes on LinkedIn. Right. But the way I feel is I think the people that are sort of uh, pre conditioned to to like things like cybersecurity, to to enjoy technology, we're often the misfits. We're the misfits in mm-hmm. school. We're the misfits in our families a lot of the time. And so when you start to build confidence and you build wisdom and power, Now, all of a sudden, you can say, all right, now I hold the keys and now I can say that you're an idiot. I'm not the idiot. Uh, You're (laughs) the person that's out, not me. As people grow and mature, they realize that that's not the way to do things. That's not the way to talk to people. But I think it's more of a maturity and not able to understand nor empathize with others that is the, the huge issue. How do we change that mentality from someone saying like, okay, now I can call other people stupid and say, hey, instead of using my power for something that's evil, I'm going to use it to educate folks. I'm going to use it to include folks and make people feel welcomed and valued. Well, other than flying me all over to give talks about this, which I think will definitely help <laughs> help the problem, this yeah. might not be very effective, but one one technique I actually talk about in sometimes when I give this talk is I, I like to channel channel my inner Southern woman, which doesn't exist because I'm born and raised in the North, but uh, <laughs> I like to pretend there's an inner Southern woman in there and just, you know, take a deep sigh and just say, bless their heart for trying. Mm. And I am well aware that bless your heart yeah. is not a compliment. Oh, However, yeah. it is a not nice thing said in a nice way. And yeah. I think that is a stepping stone 
<laughs> to not being so negative of just, you know, they did their best, you know, and now we're going to fix it. I mean, that's not perfect, but I feel like it's a lot better than what I used to hear in the socks of, you know, expletive users, you know, stupid mm-hmm. users, this stupid users, that. I was like, you know what? I would just, well, bless their heart for reporting this email that's legitimate that they thought was spam. Just bless yeah. their heart for giving a, a hoot, you know? And exactly. it would drive the sockeyes nuts, but I didn't care. I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, bitter like you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to help these people. Again, it took just a few minutes out of my day yeah. and the problem solved. So I, I tell these stories. Uh, to get people to understand the practicality of it, of it only takes a few minutes, it will stop a reoccurring problem. We have some news to share with you, a member of the Hacker Valley Media family. As of 2023, we became a full-time independent cybersecurity media company, and we're committed to bringing you the most powerful, thought-provoking stories in the field of cybersecurity. And we learned we can't do it alone. We'd love to invite you to our exclusive Patreon community, where we host a monthly mastermind where you can meet like-minded individuals in the field of cybersecurity that are trying to be more creative and be the best version of themselves that they can be. We would love if you took a second and visited patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio, and we'll see you in the mastermind. I love that you're such an advocate for other people and it makes me want to be an advocate for you. So I would love to, (laughs) you know, turn the tables a little bit and say, you know, what are you focused on these days? Where, you know, where your skills shining? It's been a while since Mm -hmm. we spoke. I know that, you know, there's a lot of good things to come uh, that that are ahead of you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I would love to. uh... To plug for a minute here, most recently, I am looking for my next challenge, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I am available for full-time or contract work because I do have my Sherpa Intelligence LLC Mm -hmm, business. mm -hmm. Uh, This was the same business that I created right after I left libraries because I knew that I needed some stepping stone. I knew that I couldn't just lateral transfer into InfoSec. So this was the business I started years ago uh, doing freelance research and OSIN. So yeah, I I would love a threat intelligence role. I've always thought uh, that I would be in threat intelligence, to be honest. Uh, I have, you know, years of those of those research skills I didn't know were called OSINT <laughs> from when I was a librarian. Um, yeah, I honestly had no idea it was called that fancy name, uh, but it is, and I've been doing it for years. Like, oh, that thing that I've been doing for 15, 20 years? Okay, yeah, I'm good at that, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I definitely see myself as some sort of bridge between – Uh, the technical side and the non-technical side, helping to explain situations, um, you know, and bringing items back and forth. I did that a lot in the SOC, you know, talking to the end users and then trying to explain to the more technical folks, you know, what, you know, what they're saying, what they're seeing, what their struggles are. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at something purely technically, you're going to miss the human element of the Mm -hmm. struggle in something. Uh, So I I definitely would like to be in some sort of role where I could have opportunities for outreach, whether that's just within different parts of a company or to the public. 
I just have a lot of love for for cybersecurity and infosec and just gathering threat intelligence and helping to connect dots. Me and my wife, we've been playing these uh, these murder mystery games. It's kind of like the uh, mm. the unsolved cold cases. We've been having a good time, and I've been so far removed from threat intelligence. It's, it's kind of good to put that analytical cap back on. Oh, but nice. can you think of uh, of a time where you've been able to kind of like take these disparate pieces of data? And, and build a story around whether it was an incident or whether it was something for research and open source intelligence. Uh, can you tell us like one of your favorite stories about pulling together <laughs> data and then coming up with that picture? Yeah, I guess the one that sticks out is uh, the time that a publisher had a, a huge data breach. And I remember at my workplace, nobody was concerned. And I, I mean, Strictly from my library and background, I said, do you know what kind of books, you know, what kind of material they publish? And, you know, the people were like, no. I said, well, they publish scientific journals. You know, we're, we have a lot of scientists here <laughs> that probably yeah. subscribe to them, probably have all of their PII, probably have some sort of payment information. It's probably a wire because of how many subscriptions they have. Um mm -hmm. And also there were, there's a legal department. I'm like, I guarantee you they have legal books and legal publications inside my head that made sense. I was like, well, I know what that, that publisher puts out and what we could have. So um, I went above and beyond because, you know, I have to be extra and uh, reached <laughs> out to my formal, former sales rep and asked for a hookup to the, uh, the sales rep who handled the company I was at now. And, you know, basically just real quickly was explain my background, explain why I'm reaching out to them now. And I asked for, you know, a list of what's our subscription, you know, our sub we have called a sub list. Well, what's the sub list, the subscription list from you as a publisher. So then I was able to figure out, you know, which people would have been affected, which departments, things like that. Uh, and just to be able to put warnings out of, hey, you know, we just you know, heard that there was a breach of this company. Uh, if you get, you know, any, I was more concerned about invoices. I was like, if you right. get, if you get some invoices from this company, uh, be on high alert. Cause it, that's likely the way they were probably going to get people. Cause that would be the easiest to dupe. If you get an invoice for a subscription that you know that you have, that was my thinking. Mm -hmm. So fortunately nothing happened, but again, it was just that outside of the box thinking. And, you know, whenever you hear that there's a breach, your mind should be thinking of like, is there any component to that business that would intersect with where I am now? Mm -hmm. And you don't know. So, you know, there might be. <laughs> There's nothing like a good old puzzle, especially in threat intelligence for sure. Um, and, you know, I'm sure whoever picks you up, whoever hires and works <laughs> with Tracy, not only is the company lucky, but the team is lucky. Oh, and, I think, you know, with where you're at, especially <laughs> in your career, there's a lot of people that are in a similar situation where they are looking for their next role. You know, tech has changed so much since COVID. Uh, but like, what's that one thing that you want to see from your next employer? You know, not just the, the role and responsibility, but like the opportunity or even like the kind of the community aspect. Yeah, what I would really love to see in an employer is uh, to be able to to continue with a lot of the community work that I do. I, I know that some employers uh, aren't aren't friendly 
to that. And being a part of the community means a lot to me. And I've, you know, done a lot in the community and want to continue doing that. So definitely an, an, an employer who is, um, you know, very community conscious and community forward thinking, uh, because I, I think that's how we're also going to uh, make the industry better is by, is by having a, a, a better community. hundred percent. Tracy, I've thoroughly enjoyed this entire conversation. And what I've seen is like the theme of our talk is we really have to see the greatness in everyone, right? Just because someone doesn't have the same knowledge or the same mindset as you doesn't make them less than it doesn't make them dumb. It doesn't make them uh, even just like completely ignorant. What we do need to see is that everyone has additional skills, knowledge, experiences that we could all leverage and learn from. Like the lady that thought that she was supposed to turn in every single one of those emails, she probably has expertise in things that we have Mm -hmm. no idea about. But if we automatically think that, oh, they just don't know anything about cybersecurity, I think is a little short-sighted. How would you say people can dip a little bit more into that empathy, Mm. understand other people, and really see the greatness in everyone. You know, a lot of self-introspection, and it really kind of boils down to, you know, do you, you know, just hypothetically say, you know, a a sibling or a family member. If you found out that a security person was speaking that way to one of your family members, wouldn't you want to throw hands? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) why is it okay for you to speak to someone's, you know, parent, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whatever. It's like, oh, but you can't talk to my family that way. That's kind of really the most simplistic way to phrase it. Um, right. You know, so true story. When I was first dating my husband, uh, I, w- I was a travel agent. Before I was a librarian, I was a travel agent. And I remember kind of hearing him on the phone the way he was talking to the travel agent. And I didn't really like it you know, kind of using my new girlfriend status to like be with, uh, you know, (laughs) crossed arms when he got off the phone Mm -hmm. and and look on my face and he goes, what? And I said, would you like it? I'm like, I said, you didn't forget what I do for a living. Right. And he's like, no. And I knew he was probably like, where is this going? And I basically just said, I was like, would you want someone to talk to, to your girlfriend like that? And I was like, oh, I also just think having a natural curiosity is good. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a line between curiosity and like social engineering, (laughs) but there's, you know, a natural curiosity to, to learn about, about someone. So seek out people's stories and you'll really start to understand that, you know, just as all the faces in our community are different, so are our users. And Mm -hmm. you, your, your perspective of security may not be the best fit for that users needs. That's why we need to be more diverse in security. To me, it seems so simple. I don't know why it's so hard (laughs) to make happen. And that's why I am out here, you know, busting heads if I have to, to to, uh, get the word out about, you know, keeping things diverse and, you know, just bringing everyone in because we need everyone in our community to help everyone outside of our community. That's how I say it. It's a Mm -hmm. mirror. It is. It truly is. And you know what? We we love the the things that you're doing to reflect positivity, empathy, and compassion to make everybody and our community better. We really appreciate you jumping back on the podcast, Tracy. <laughs> We're going to put all of your information. Highly recommend everyone to follow Tracy on Twitter and all the other platforms. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. <laughs>